0: The views presented in this program are not meant to express the specific views of the Lafayette Bible Fellowship. You are listening to the Vigilance Radio Network. You are listening to Truth Time with Pastor Monty.
1: Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back In. in. I do have a very particular set of skills. Skills I've acquired over a very long career. You want answers? You can't handle the truth! The problem is having the right worldview and acting upon it, the worldview
0: that gives men and women the truth of what is. Welcome to Truth Time with Pastor Monty, a show about God's truth in today's society from a multi generational pastoral perspective. The Truth Time with Pastor Monty broadcast is a part of Alathia Bible Fellowship's Project Vigilance, a web portal that provides internet Christians out there with helpful content and insights. We're produced by ABF's Vigilance Radio Network. If you're interested in this ministry or our other shows, you can check us out at abfpdx.org, where you can access our more resources, donate, and learn more about us. At the top of the show today, let's remember to help us spread this content by liking, sharing, and subscribing to this episode. And if you haven't yet, go ahead and join our Facebook group, where you can stay up to date on this and all our programming. You can find it at vrn.abf on Facebook. Now that all that's said, I'm Pastor Josh, your engineer and senior pastor over at ABF, and this is Pastor Monty. Good
1: morning. Good morning. This is Truth Time, and I am Pastor Monty, and we're going to be looking into the book of Genesis this week uh, as we uh, explore God's Word in The Christ Factor. Just sinner, saved by Christ. So in the book of Genesis, we have been uh, going back and forth between the Old Testament and the New Testament today we're in the Old Testament we're looking in the book of Genesis and we're looking specifically at uh, the fall and we're going to be talking about the uh, you know so last the last time we talked in Genesis we were talking about creation and God's design and how it is that uh, God saw that what he created was good we talked about the creation of male and female and uh, God's design again in regard to uh, male and female. And let me just go ahead and open up by by um, making a notation, uh, in closing out the idea behind uh, God making them man and making them woman, um, the woman to be the helpmeet of the man. So the um, in our so currently in our society, there's the idea that that uh, you know if you. If you believe in one of the many, many theories out there regarding uh, where we came from. So remember that man is going to ask those three basic questions. Where did I come from? Why am I here and where am I going? And if you answer where did I come from that you're uh, a space alien or that you're, you know, you're a descendant of space aliens or you're uh, a cosmic experiment or... You came about by happenstance, such as in evolution, um, that uh, there's no rhyme or reason behind uh, who you are, and and, uh, and and so that means that you know the, the world is wide open in how you do things. So in our current society, we uh, when it comes to the male and female interaction, what have you. Our current society passes off the idea that you need to uh, start dating in order to find the right person who's going to be your marriage partner. And uh, I would just end our talk in regard to uh, male and female uh, in that if you take God's word for what he gives it, and you believe that, in fact, God did create the world, and that he did create man, and he did create woman, he created them speci- specifically by design in physiology and temperament and you know, their emotional condition and all of those aspects, then that means that um, when you're considering uh, a, a mate... For you to help you go through life, that this would not be a matter of hamper stance, but it would be a matter of prayer. If you believe that God created you and designed you, that means that He created a counterpart and He created somebody who's designed to help you specifically. And dating is likened unto Russian roulette. But, um, you know, just kind of hit and miss, see what comes along. That's one of the reasons why we have such a high degree of uh, divorce in our society today because people try it on, they, th- they find it doesn't <clears throat> work, you know, so uh, we're going to throw this one away and we're going to look for something else. Um, but if you're a believer and you're a disciple of Jesus Christ, then you should be praying. Young people, listen to me carefully. You should be praying for that individual that God specifically uh, has made to compliment you so that you might be the man of God that uh that you were created to be that's my take on it and that's where i come down on that you want to add anything before we move on
0: um well i would just say it's not limited to young people um
1: i find oh anybody yeah yeah yes yes please that's right but remember any anybody below my age is a young person to me
0: uh, I mean, that's like, you know, a hundred <laughs> years of, of different ages. So. Oh, wow. wow, you're so kind. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's not It's not limited to young people. It's across the board, and it doesn't matter how much experience you have in relationship or not. It doesn't matter if you've been married before or any of those things. Relationship is, you know, sacred, marriage is sacred, and partnership is sacred. Right. And so when you're looking, you should definitely have that mentality in mind, of being useful um, for the other person, finding a person that is useful for you and that you can be useful for, and that jointly you can be useful for God together. Um, and God has definitions as to what that looks like. So when I'm saying useful for the other person, I don't mean um, by your own definitions. I mean, you know, you're finding a person of the opposite sex who is pushing you to uh, be better, okay. you know? Um, and there's, there's more definitions than that. That's a very basic, uh, right. That's, that's a very basic definition. And We're going
1: to explore that actually a little bit later or begin to explore that. But yeah. yes.
0: But that's definitely the scriptural, uh, the way it's looked at in, in scripture. So dating is, it's a myth that it's necessary. In fact, it's a, it's a relatively new concept. Actually, a lot of people have, um, I've read a lot of uh, sociological. Um, actually, I don't know if I. I don't know if I'd call it a lot, but I've read some sociological uh, papers about uh, tracing it back to Romeo and Juliet. Right. Um, the concept of like a romantic um, breaking with tradition, so that you can be with the person that you quote unquote love in the moment. Well, wow, if
1: that's the case, it was doomed from the start. Right.
0: Yeah. I just want to rem- remind you guys, Romeo and Juliet <laughs> is a tragedy and they died Yeah, and they were dumb. Yeah. Um, that being said, there's a lot of studies in this. I know to be true, there's a lot of studies that show that even arranged marriages work out uh, better than non-arranged marriages. And I don't think that's because of, the arrangement per se, I think it's because of the mentality of the marriage, mm-hmm. which says that you know we're in this to, to work together. That it's utilitarian. Uh, that there is a utilitarian aspect, a mechanical aspect that we're trying to we're trying to function with, and it gives you something to strive for and something to measure your success as a couple um, against. Everybody kind of knows what they're getting into it with, and you know the purpose of a marriage is not to find yourself it's to expose yourself right n- like expose your flaws make yourself better um make yourself better before god but um i wanted to ask you how do you feel about uh, like what what do you think about those plenty of people who have you know dated within the church like that's yeah i don't mean within ABF specific I mean just in the church in general like dating is that's that's a that's a thing people do it what do you think about it
1: what do I think about it
0: yeah like young people dating in youth groups or like you know they date they, uh, they they try to maybe they call it courtship but really it's dating
1: well i I mean I don't based upon the philosophy that we're talking about at this point and what we understand scripture to to be, and particularly with the fact that as as uh, in in the ministry in the pastorate, you deal with a lot of people that have a lot of uh, dysfunction mm-hmm. within their marital relationships, and so I I personally do not approve of uh, you know of dating uh, per se. Mm-hmm. You know, I believe that that it's it's imperative that those individuals that are in charge of dealing with the growth of a youth group, for example, uh, this would be one of the subjects that they would talk about, and they would talk about the fact that you know, from a biblical perspective, um, we're looking at the issue of courtship rather than dating, and there's a, and so then the that leadership would help define what that means. And so, so in a nutshell, so that, so that you don't get a quasi courtship but you get genuine courtship and what goes along with that rather than just the happenstance of dating
0: so in in general what would you say the difference is just the intent toward marriage or
1: yeah yeah in in uh in in courtship you're not trying something out you are you are specifically looking at the characteristics of who you are as an individual in your spiritual growth and you're looking at uh Praying for somebody to compliment you in that, so that means when you find somebody that you believe could do that, then you need to start looking at uh, her characteristics and strength, and 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 then you need to have discussion between the two of you What's as to your, what that would look like together.
0: What's your thought on the? Let's go with Starcraft lover since we brought Roman and Juliet up. What's your thought on the star-crossed lover concept of like there being a, a soulmate, which again, by the way, is not a scriptural concept. No. But what do you what do you think about that concept?
1: Well, again, I believe that that you know, you should be praying for the person who is um who God is going to um complement you in who you are as an individual. So when you start it's not that you segregate yourself from having any contact with uh, the opposite sex and, and that you don't interact with people. Uh, it means that, first of all, you have a, a grasp of who you are as an individual. And so you know where you are in your spiritual development. And so you know, you know the areas that you need to work on, the areas you're praying for, the areas that God is speaking to you in. So that when you spend time with an individual... And you think that you want to begin to explore um, the compatibility of the two of you together, spending time uh, looking towards a long-term marriage relationship, then that's going to be a process that you're going to go through of revealing yourself and finding somebody who is willing to reveal themselves to you as well. It's a process.
0: Would you say that your Would you say that
1: your wife is your soulmate? Sure. <laughs> Absolutely, you know the first the first time that we went on supposedly what you would call a date, we went to uh, this area. is it, It's called Paco Park, but it's actually a some uh, cemetery, and okay. <laughs> in the media, in the middle of Metro Manila, so not not far from where she was attending uh, uh, university. So we went uh, to Paco Park, and we sat for probably. I would say a good uh, hour and a half just talking about those types of things, deep things. Uh, The first, uh, on our supposed first date, deep things about where we are as individuals and where we are in our relationship with Christ and what we thought that that might look like.
0: Hmm. So, So you
1: do or don't believe in the concept of a soulmate? I believe that God has created an individual who will complement you as an individual. Do you think it's possible that there are multiple individuals? I'm not sure about that one. I do. If, if it... So, yeah, I'm not sure about that. Because yeah. my, my philosophy in regard, as I'm, as I'm now older, my philosophy in regard to marriage has changed a little bit. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Hey, if anybody wants to check out Paco Park in Manila, I uh, sent a Google, Google
1: Maps <laughs> link to it. Um, yeah, I firmly believe now in my old age that if for some reason God were to make it so that I was alone again, um, um, that uh, I would no longer marry for love. I'd marry for money.
0: Wow. There you have it. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I don't know that I can logically... I'm going to pull back the curtain here. I don't know that I can logically call my wife my soulmate because I don't necessarily believe in a soulmate. Okay. Um, I think that, like you said, God has people that are compatible with each other on an easier scale than okay. others. Okay. So there's like a ratio of compatibility. Right. But I think every human being is compatible with each other. They're made to be. It's sin that keeps us from being that. And when we're talking about compatibility from like a romantic sense, what we're really talking about is um, the ability to be mutually infatuated, which I think is something that
1: comes with um, circumstances, right? Well, I can tell you that you know, in in in, in your mother's case, she was clearly not infatuated with me. <laughs> yeah, but but there, and
0: yes, there <laughs> there are some things. Sometimes it's not the person, sometimes it's their outlook, sometimes it's their perspective, sometimes it's recognizing that God's hand is on them. Sometimes yeah. it's, you know, all of those things. Um I have the same feeling about that with with my wife, you know. It's like God clearly told her to be with me. Yeah. Um and she reminds me of that sometimes when I ask her why. <laughs> if yeah. she doesn't like my perspective on something, then why yeah. is she with me? Well, because God told me to be with you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. so But I, I don't necessarily think that there's such a thing as a soulmate. I, I do think that you can craft that relationship that you mutually build with each other into something that fits like a glove and therefore has the impression like an accurate impression of you to the point where uh, it is essentially you and the other person together. It's Mm -hmm. So from that perspective, you could say that they're a soulmate um, in the sense of your artistry with each other is so perfect. Um, But I don't think that God is not going to accomplish a helpmate for you unless this one person, you know, comes into your life somehow, and he's, I don't know, I, I, I think that that's a highly romanticized idea that scripture doesn't back up. Okay. So.
1: We're going to talk a little bit more about this later. I, can um,
0: I, one more thing. Yeah. I find that people who believe in soulmates are often the romantics who have gone through several iterations of soulmates before they land on the one soulmate. You know, so they've dated like ten times, and it was because they're so they. This is my soul soulmate, soulmate, and then they find somebody else who's their soulmate, and then they find somebody else who's their soulmate. So, See, and
1: I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't. Just like I don't think in terms of feeling, I don't think in terms of soulmate either. Yeah, that's that's not what I was looking for when I was when you know I was looking for a life partner. Yeah, me um, neither. Remember, I approached it with prayer. I approached it, you know. Uh, carefully, I, you know, I took time. I didn't get married, we didn't get married until we were in our, uh, mid-twenties.
0: What? No. Yes. You got married when you were, like, 21. No. Yes, because you had me when you were, like, 22. Or 23.
1: 23.
0: Yeah, so, unless... Unless, some, unless, something's, unless something's off with the math. And I'm the second child, so <laughs>
1: that's, that's your... Close you're, to mid-20s. You're remembering things wrong. Closer to mid-20s than, <laughs> than teens. <laughs> you're remembering things wrong. Okay, well, that, that being said. Okay, so let's, let's look at uh, Genesis. Let's look at the fall.
0: Wait, wait, one, one, more, one more caveat. I need to say it because I think I shot myself in the foot. I am committed to my wife. okay i wouldn't call her my soulmate but that doesn't mean that i'm not committed
1: to her okay okay go ahead i'm sure you'll work that through more (laughs) later yeah (laughs) okay so we have creation and we've talked a little bit about that in more detail than i thought we would now let's go ahead and look at the fall and so here we have god creating adam and creating Eve and creating all the animalia and the flora and all the things of the world. And God gave a task to Adam, and that's the reason why uh, Eve came about because he saw that things were not good without uh, somebody to be a uh, a helper. And so woman was created. And they were in the garden, and God gave them instruction. So. Um, Sometimes you will hear people say that, uh, that uh, prostitution is the oldest profession. It's not true. Um, Maybe gar- for money. Gardening is the oldest profession. Yes. Or a caretaker in regard to the, the land.
0: It might be the oldest. Yeah, it might be the oldest money making profession.
1: Uh, perhaps. Um, but but uh, Adam was put in charge of taking care of the garden and, and what have you. And so Adam and Eve were, you know, given instruction. And uh, let, just let me read from you because it's easier to read uh, the first several verses and then we'll go back and we'll uh, dissect this just a little bit. Now they're in the garden. They're doing what God has left them to. They, uh, verse uh, The last verse of chapter 2 says that they were created, they were naked, they were not ashamed. Okay? Then it says that, uh, uh, now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals that the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat from any of the trees in the garden. But God did say you must not eat from the tree that is in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it, or you will die. And the serpent said, You surely will not die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw the fruit of the tree, that it was good for food and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for for gaining wisdom, she took some and she ate it, and she also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. And then the eyes of both were opened, and they realized they were naked, so that they sewed leaves together and made coverings for themselves. So let's dissect a little bit about what's happening here so they're 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 in the garden they god's created they're doing what god had commanded them to do they're in the garden and um the serpent comes up and and talks to them and we at this point we're assuming that uh, as scripture indicates that the serpent is uh, allegorical to satan So we understand that it is... What do you mean by that? Well, the serpent is being used by Satan. Okay, because, yeah, I
0: don't think allegory is the word you're looking for there, but... Well,
1: um, to question. Yeah. So the way that the the question is formed is of interest to us. Mm -hmm. Because the way that the question is formed is that there's an element of truth that is woven in the question, but also an element of deception. So the woman, first of all, the serpent approaches the woman, doesn't approach the man, approaches the woman. Because women tend to be, this is my take on it, um, before I get your cards and letters. (laughs) Women tend to be more in touch with their feelings, more relational, because that's how they were designed.
0: That is not just your take on it. Well, the design part, perhaps. That's not just your, your take on it, though. That's like science affirms that.
1: Right. So the serpent comes to the woman, and he challenges the woman in her thought in regard to the command that was given. Now, the command um, was for both of them, but it, it's very likely that the command was given to the uh, Adam, and then Adam uh, reinforced to Eve that this was the command of God. We don't know that for sure, but we do know that as God structures things, he has his own design as how he does things. And Adam was the one responsible to make sure that God's commands were followed. Sure. So, yes. so, so the woman then responds to the serpent and says, Well, we can eat of anything um except for that tree in the middle of the garden and if we eat of that then we can't even touch it if we touch it we will die and the serpent says whoa 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 wait a minute no that's not true you will not die you will know good and evil and become like gods so the lie is that the if they Partake of the fruit, and i just like to say right here that for all of you out there that, that love mythology, we don't know what kind of fruit it was, right? Right. Could have been an apple, maybe. That's what people said. It could have been an apple. Could have been a pomegranate. We don't know. So, could have been jackfruit. I like to think it was a tomato. Possibly. Possibly. Anyway. Um, we don't know what it was, but
0: <laughs> passion Eve, fruit,
1: right? Eve to could, could be a or fashion. dragon fruit. Yeah, Eve, nice, nice. Eve took of the fruit, whatever it was, and she she saw. Now this this statement. Song always, of Solomon. I will grab.
0: I will climb the tree and grab hold of the fruit.
1: Yeah, it it always fascinates me that when I read this passage that. Um, she saw that it was good to eat. She saw it. Mm-hmm. Well, I... Now, I'll tell you what. I've seen some foods that looked okay to eat. And when I ate them, I wanted to spit them out as quickly as I could.
0: You know, it's interesting. I, I hadn't thought about it, but she had a consumer mentality.
1: Yeah. That's, yeah.
0: Re- that's really interesting. Like, she she went for the fruit that... You know, that they shined up with wax and, you know, put yeah, out there. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. So she took the fruit, she ate it, and then she gave some to Adam and he ate it. And when he ate it, he became aware of their, they became aware of their nakedness. Right. Now here's the thing that you need to understand, is that the command of God uh, and the obedience or disobedience in regard to that command... Uh, was through Adam. She didn't become aware until she gave it to Adam. Adam took it and ate it, and then they became aware of their of their uh, nakedness. Mm-hmm. The significance of that, uh, we'll save for later, uh, we'll we'll explore in greater detail later, but the the significance of that is that if Adam had not taken it, Okay, so remember that Eve was created to be his helpmeet, and and she was created to touch her man in a specific way. Yeah, she was. And and so he was he was faced with a dilemma when when given this fruit to eat. He knew the command of God, and he was faced with his first dilemma. Do I follow God, or do I follow my wife? Right. That's that is the our modern dilemma today. Right. And do I follow God, or do I follow my wife? Now here's here's the jux of that. Then is that what What if? Well, do, I don't do this very often, but 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 what if? What if he had said no? No, I'm not taking that because God gave us a command that said we are not to touch that and partake of it. Yeah. What would have happened?
0: I think that she would have died.
1: Yeah. Eve would have died. Over time. Yeah. Yeah.
0: There's the possible... Okay. So there's two things. There's a possibility that she would have died. I think that's consistent with scripture. Then again, if Adam is the federal head of mankind, and he doesn't partake in the fruit, but she does, there is the possibility that he would extend, he would be able to extend salvation to her. I think that's possible, too.
1: Possible.
0: Since Jesus Christ is the new Adam. So, there's, Adam is capable of extending salvation by his actions.
1: Right. And we want to be careful that we don't go too far off in the weeds here. You know, Josh and I, we can talk about these types of things, and it's an interesting conversation, but let's just look at the gist of what Scripture is saying here. So they, Adam did partake of that fruit. Yes. He did follow the instruction of his wife. And when he did so, they became aware of their nakedness. And, and this is what is known of as the fall. This is where uh, the fall from uh, for all of mankind all of creation uh, came about because that choice to be made do I follow God and his command or do I follow uh, my my spouse uh, which eventually becomes uh, extrapolated to be even in self so if you don't have a spouse you're not there yet you know, are you leaning towards pleasing self rather than pleasing God? Well, I think you can. I think you can
0: go beyond spouse. Spouse is definitely the the height of that, right? Because she's created to be a helpmate. Um, but then again, helpmate comes from self, right? right. Like right. she came from Adam, right? And which is why it's a natural. It's natural for him to then for mankind to turn back on itself. And seek itself as the ultimate standard. The issue has to do with like um God's wise counsel, right? Right. And whether we get our counsel from ourselves or from God. In initially, when Adam was in Eden, um and he didn't have Eve, like you could tell, and God acknowledged that it took a toll on Adam to be alone. Right. But he still you know, he didn't go to the the tree of the knowledge of good and evil to figure out, to, to get that counsel from God. He didn't, he, God was his helpmate in that situation. So then God gives him a helpmate that is essentially in his likeness, and then he chooses to make that into the method for which he gets his his wise counsel from God. That's, that's what we do. We set up idols, and Eve became his idol. Um, but it is it is, it's interesting the way that, um, the way that Satan attacks through through the things and the, through the things that are good. Right. Eve is good, you know. God's wise counsel is good, but then Satan he he implements these methods of attack, which he pretty much has always done right from the beginning. Um, those of you out there who who uh, have read J. Adams or or um, those my students. Uh, you know, you'll recognize the, the, I call them the five D's. Adams only talks about three, but I call them the five D's. Uh, Doubt, to distortion, to denial, to distrust, and then eventually to defection. Um, And that's what, that's what Satan focused on. You know, he focused on the idea that, you know, is, is what God really said, you know, enough? Is that really true? You know? And that's where it starts, and I think we do see this in relationships, um, both with men and women. We're given to each other to be to be helpmates. Yeah, man, man's the principle in that matter, but we're supposed to be helpful to our women too. That's the the wholeness of humanity as as a race. And um, what we see is men and women leading each other away from God, seeking to. respond replace God's wise counsel with their own, you know, with man's own self. Um, and it starts with doubting the sufficiency of of God's word, whether that comes as God's scripture um, in the Bible, whether that comes as the actual word of God, um, you know, through the revealing of the Holy Spirit or literally Jesus Christ, you know, in the Garden of Eden, uh, whatever it is, it you know, begins with listening to ungodly counsel and allowing that in, and then you confuse it with the truth, right? And you say, oh, this looks good.
1: Right, right. And if you look at, for example, and this is something that, that we constantly face even today. If you look in the book of James in chapter one, um, the author of James says this, blessed is the man who perseveres under trial because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of glory that God has promised to those who love him. Now listen carefully. When tempted, no one should say, God's tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. Each one is tempted when by his own evil desire he is dragged away and enticed. And then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin... When it is full grown, brings forth death. Death, yeah. Even so, this is the scenario as mankind that we now face. Uh, I would say on a daily basis, in one form or another. Are we going to live for God, or are we going to live uh, to our own desires? And and uh, and that is the struggle that we face.
0: Well, and the and the growth of sin leading to death. You know, there's. Stages in between, and specifically, I think that that would be mocking biblical counsel. The way that Adams outlines it is that we begin with listening to ungodly counsel, then we refi- then we confuse that counsel with the truth. Mm-hmm. So we've got the ungodly counsel. Hey, did God really say that? And then you let that kind of slip by, and you're like, Well, maybe he did. And then it begins to intermix with real truth. And then you start to defend the rationalizing of the intermixing. And you're like, well, hold on. I was holding this position. And so that, you know, I can't be wrong. I like, so you start defending it. Right. And
1: then it becomes a slippery slope. And
0: then then because you're defending it, you have to live according to your defense. Right. And then you begin to mock the biblical counsel. Right. And that leads to death.
1: Yeah. So this is, so we see in the very beginning an understanding from God's word as the, the position that man is now in, and how it is that the fall came to be. So when we talk about the fall, when you hear people talk about the fall, what they're talking about is, remember, Adam and Eve were in a state of perfection subsequent to their creation. Right. God had created them male and female. They were in their, in their personhoods, in their relationship, They were perfect in every way. And then faced with this choice, do I follow the instruction of God or do I follow uh, another one's instruction and enticement? right? Or my own rationalization in regard to that enticement? Which do I I follow? That then sets up an understanding of the condition of man. And Josh alluded to it. But again, the Apostle Paul in the book of Romans uh, specifically calls Jesus Christ the second Adam, Yep. That, the, that man fell from the grace of God and from the ability to follow his word, and, and a replacement had to be sent, and that replacement was his only begotten Jesus Christ. And so this is the, from the beginning of Scripture, we begin to see an understanding of where we are at. We're going to pick up with uh, looking in two weeks, looking uh, at more detail at God's response to the fall. But uh, let's take a moment, uh, a little bit lighter subject, and uh, deal with uh, what's up with that. Well, you know, I, I I was reading through the different uh, news things the other day, and, and one struck me in particular. Um, here's the deal. You ever see these movies where people get uh, get into their car? Yes. And there's somebody in the back seat? You mean
0: like a horror movie or something? Yeah,
1: like a horror movie or a detective movie or mystery or whatever, you know. Yeah. Somebody's sitting in the end. Of the side. Or how about, you know you're uh, um you know in in if you live in australia or you live in a place where they got sure. of-
0: half of these stories come from australia <laughs> oh, well this one doesn't but okay <laughs>
1: but if, you know if you live in australia um you know there are some creepy crawls, they got a spider over there mm-hmm. that crawls into people's shoes and it's not a little tiny, it's a big spider.
0: Yeah, that, and, that's
1: not right. And it, it's, it want, and it wants to, so when you go over there, when you put your shoes out, you got to smack them and make sure there's nothing in there. Yeah. So that you don't get, I mean, so if I lived someplace like that, I'd be careful. There was a man yeah. who was deciding he needed to go to work and he rides over in India. Okay. So he takes uh, and he puts on his helmet and he rides to work and it's 7 miles from to to ride to work when he got to work and took his helmet off he discovered that he had ridden to work with a poisonous a venomous snake i believe it's called a creel snake but a venomous snake coiled up inside of his helmet and when he put that on his head it was right there on his head how and he rode... But he rode all the way to work without... Rode, uh, without getting bitten. And, and he didn't feel it moving around? No, no, no. How does he, that work? I, I don't know, but I just got to say that, you know, that that man, <laughs> that man was blessed. I know. guess. He's, you know, he's, yeah, that's, that's crazy. So for me, my deal is, you know, listen, when I come... <laughs> I always like. Was it moving?
0: Like when he took it off, or well, like he just? That's so weird. Like.
1: Well, when he took his helmet off, it displaced it, and the snake fell out of the helmet uh, onto the on you know onto the ground. Okay, that's really he, scary. Yeah, it is scary. But he so he went to the doctor, and and uh, they they checked him all over, and he wasn't bitten or anything like that. And uh, but he said he. <laughs> He burned that helmet. He said, "I'm not." He I'm, burned he it. He said, "I'm getting rid of this thing." Wow. Okay. Must have well, been you an know, omen. It's, yeah, it's a little overkill for me. But but here's my point: if you're living someplace where you got creepy crawlers, or you know, when you go out to get in your car or whatever it is, take a second and look. Yeah. I never get in my car without looking to make sure that the back seat is as uh, clean. In fact, my kids will tell you. That my requirement, if you ride in my car, you don't leave your junk laying around. Because everything needs to be clean where it can be, you know, seen as, as pristine. Sure, I All remember right. that. Yeah, that's right. All right, so here's, so I thought that, wow, that, what's up with that? That's really, wow. Okay, here, remember uh, uh, a couple weeks ago, we talked about the Guinness World Book of Record uh, Snickers bar?
0: I know that you were incensed about that, yes.
1: Yeah, well, guess what?
0: They broke that record. That
1: record has been displaced. What? (laughs) It didn't even take two weeks. Okay. uh, By who? Hershey's.
0: Wow. There's a war going on, huh?
1: Hershey's uh, created a Reese's Take Five bar. Okay. That was 5,943 pounds. It's nine feet. It's it's bigger than your office here, Josh. Okay. I mean, you You could barely fit it in here. It's nine feet, uh, you know, long. Right. And uh, five feet, five inches wide.
0: Okay. Yeah. Are we following the candy bar wars? from? I'm just saying, like, wow. For what's going to happen here.
1: That record did not even last two weeks.
0: You got to ask yourself, is this something that they were like, you know, like, was this a response or was this kind of like to each
1: other let's see the article really didn't go into that or is this kind of like
0: how you have movie production companies that seem to put out the same type of film at the same time yeah yeah you know like it's sort of like a like a jason versus mike myers sort of thing because
1: remember when we first talked about the the uh you know the 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 Snickers bars put out by Mars. Yeah, you know, part of our question was why would you do that? Right. I mean, the right. article just talked about well, you know, we got a whim to decide. Hey, you know, we got all this extra chocolate and nougat and what have you. Let's make a humongous, you know, 5,000, well almost five thousand pound bar. So I don't know if if uh, Hershey saw that and said we're not going to be. Put out by Mars Company.
0: That's what I'm wondering. Is yeah. this like a like a secret war between <laughs> like a chocolate war? And doesn't doesn't the world have a shortage of chocolate?
1: Well, support, am I wrong about that? So, no, a couple years ago, that's what I heard. Yeah, what's going on here? But they're still producing the stuff, and they got extra enough to make these uh, candy bars. Okay, I thought it was interesting. That record didn't stand even two weeks. It is. It's definitely interesting. <laughs> okay, one last thing. Let's try this. Um, you know, if you're, if you're shopping at Walmart, you know, you need to be aware of your surroundings. Especially on Black Friday. And there are things that you can do to help to make sure it's safe for everybody. Mm -hmm. And this guy was in the Walmart parking lot, minding his own business. Uh, he was one of the good ones because he was taking his shopping cart that he had emptied over to the shopping cart holder right and when he turned around he heard this screaming and the uh, the store uh, detective was chasing after a thief through the parking lot okay loss prevention and got the, it yeah loss prevention and he, he stopped that guy stopped that. and the guy with the shopping cart wheeled that shopping cart around aimed it at the guy that was running from loss prevention and pushed it and, and smacked him over. <laughs> uh, how do I look that up? And he was, and he was caught.
0: Did that and, guy get the the shop shop? at least a Walmart gift card or something? I don't you know.
1: They didn't say whether, you know, Walmart, I mean, they, 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 they said he was a hero. But I don't know if, you know, I don't know if they, uh, you know, did like Popeye's did and give him a, a gift card or something. But, yeah. But, but he deserves one. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Sure.
0: My question is: Is that guy gonna gonna get sued? Uh, no, I don't think so. I, you know, I mean, it's assault. It's not against the, you know, I. Sh- I wonder if that. Guy's no, no, get sued. no, no.
1: You that that is correct, Josh. That's that's good attorney stuff. That's why when <laughs> that's why when somebody breaks in your your uh, house and you shoot them, don't don't wound them, kill them. Well, because this is,
0: yes. yes. They
1: can, they can go, it sounds they controversial, can, they but that is back. what
0: we're taught in gun safety class. If that, you take out a gun, then you better kill that person. That's exactly correct. But I, I wonder about that. I mean, Walmart, that's Walmart property. I just, that person doesn't actually work for Walmart.
1: No, it's a customer.
0: Yeah. So, like, it's, you know, if, if that's private property, is like, what's the law in that regard?
1: I don't know. So you, you, The the way your mind works amazes me sometimes.
0: I mean, it doesn't worry like, me. Uh, I mean, I would do what I think is moral in that moment. So I think well, stopping the guy is moral, but well, let's I, I could imagine the, getting sued. Maybe, hopefully, I'll, I could see this, though. Okay, so imagine the scenario. Yeah, okay. The guy gets sued, and then Walmart doesn't pay for that guy's legal fees. <laughs> I could see that. I could see Walmart being like, Being like, uh, that guy was acting on his own, whatever, and you know,
1: yeah, he helped us, but. Well, well, hopefully, this uh, criminal who is now—I found video uh, of it uh, by the way—in jail, or at least he was in jail. Hopefully, he doesn't listen to our podcast, and uh, (laughs) I I think we'll be okay. Given the idea that. Maybe he should sue. Yeah, I think we'll be
0: okay. I'm sure that there's plenty of people. His lawyers probably already gone
1: there. Uh, okay, okay. That's all I got for that one. Okay. But, so let's let's go back to our uh, serious so, topics. Yeah, let's go back to our serious topics. Uh, uh, we were talking about we've been talking about uh, marriage and okay. and uh, the uh, the importance of of looking at the dynamics of marriage. So we could at some point then. Um, uh, under, uh, I think this comes under the title of uh, cultural lunacy, yes. Although I don't know why it would be lunacy, although some people might think it's lunacy to marry, anyway. Anyway, um, the Apostle Paul, but yes, but we had some people who were, uh, you know, wanting us to, to we gave them an option, and this was the topic that they wanted to hear, more okay, about. so um. So what we've been talking about is understanding the dynamic difference between men and women. And the last time we talked about this, we were talking specifically about the physiology uh, is undisputed. Yep. Different. Now it, 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 it used to be disputed, but now the world is coming around. And it is undisputed. There's differences between (laughs) men and women. No, it's never been disputed in the scientific community. (laughs) There's always
0: been a difference physiologically.
1: Well, uh, yes and no. I mean, remember in the the words uh, of
0: Thomas Dolby, science.
1: Yeah, perhaps. But remember the um, the match between uh, Bobby Riggs and Billie Jean King.
0: Okay. Yeah. I'm. I'm, I mean, I'm. You're dating yourself. I understand. If it helps, there was a movie with Steve Carell and. Emma Stone about that, just yeah. not too long ago. I
1: understand I'm dating myself, but for, for you youngins out there, uh, maybe Josh will find something on it and put it up. But there, was, there really was a time period uh, when the women's lip music was uh, movement was uh, trying to establish itself that um, women uh, I were... love
0: how you correct yourself when you say women's lip music. Yeah, they, yes, you say true. women's lip movement, movement yes,
1: but movement. It's, it's women's lib yeah. Um, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, but there really was a time when the assertion was being put out there that women and men are the same. In fact, they even had, uh, the, there was the whole, uh, from a fashion standpoint, there was the unisex uh, period. There it and, is. Battle uh, of the sexes. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Billy, uh, Billy Jean King and Bobby, Rude, which, which, by the way, Billy Jean King kicked Bobby Ribs' uh, um, gluteus maximus. Yeah. For those of you who don't know what a glute is, he's also he is. was also
0: like <laughs> he was he was also what like forty years no t- uh, twenty five
1: years older than her or something. Yeah, well, he was yeah he was older, but, but that, anyway that shouldn't make a difference. Um, okay, so but but now people are beginning to realize that yes, in fact, there are major differences between men and women, and yes, we would assert that that is because scripture teaches that God created man man and he created woman woman now one of the things that is is uh, that we'll talk about today then is that this it's not just that, that we're different i mean there is there's there are obvious physiological differences okay even though some people try to to hide those differences like, for example, when women were not allowed to join the military back in the day, they would try to hide their breasts and to look like they were a man. Mulan. So that they could, well, uh, that's a modern reference to... Yeah. To, a, to an ancient yeah. <laughs> story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but, but there were, there were, uh, there were uh, Pony Express riders uh-huh. uh, who did this. There were in, in, the, in the West... There was, there was even a woman, uh, the founder of the um, of the Red Cross, Hmm. was uh, uh, was in the uh, the um, Revolutionary War, sure, parading as a man, yeah, until she got found out, yeah, she got found out because she got uh, damaged on the battlefield, yeah, it's like oh, surprise. Okay. Surprise. <laughs> so that bullet must have cut off more than you thought. Oh, surprise. <laughs> so so anyway, so it's not a question nowadays. Uh, and even to the extent that uh, get ready for this, men think differently than women do. Right. That's part of the physiological. I mean like major different. Than, than women do right so you know I'll, I'll give you an illustration before see now we have cell phones even with locator devices where a gps can know where we can track where people are sure when i would go to the store when my wife and i would go to the store back in the day before they had cell phones um and and uh, i always had my uh, i always had my wife carry a walkie-talkie so when we would go to the store I would carry a walkie-talkie and it would be tied to her and she would have her walkie-talkie. Because look, when I go to the store, I'm I'm a target man, not, not target the store, not Target. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm I'm a hunter, I'm after one specific thing. And so I'm looking for that one specific thing. My wife, when she goes to the store, and this is and I'm told this is typical of women and uh but but sh- sh- things call to her and so she has to go explore where it is and i'm not kidding i can go to an idol where i'm looking for the specific thing i'm looking for and i can be standing there trying to figure out what my selection should be and i can turn around and she has gone
0: yes i've experienced that with my mother and my wife and lots of other people what what are you getting at
1: well, because... Just more of the... More of the differences that, you oh know, yeah. women, um, they they browse when they shop. And I'm, I'm not kidding you. I, I have lost half of a lifetime looking <laughs> for my wife in stores.
0: So are you saying that men don't do that? Or are you... what?
1: I don't understand that. Yes, I would say that men don't do that, by and large. Okay. So, you, you, so you're just, you can't unequivocally say that some – because there are s- some men out there that may do that.
0: What you can say is that men physiologically, their brains are different than women and so there are certain things that they are more adapted to or there are certain things that they're more basically skilled at and, uh, and women the same. There, there are certain things that they're more basically skilled at and they can learn skills through adaptation – about the other things, but, you know, this is why, there's, this is why that works. Anyway, yes, what's, I, but what are, we, what's, what are we driving at here?
1: Well, we're driving at that, that there are significant differences between men and women and that how we even think about things and approach things uh, are different. And that's part of God's design. Yeah. Now, how does that carry over into the marriage relationship? Well, it, I mean, it's significant because, because um, this can be a real issue of frustration. Yeah. If you, you know, guys, if you're with your in fact, some guys just refuse to go to the store with their wives because they, it's just a frustrating experience.
0: Or vice versa. Or vice versa. Some women refuse to go to the store with their husbands. In fact, I find that one to be more true.
1: Do you? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I know that if I send my wife and daughter out to go shopping, uh, I might see them in two or three hours. Sure. Because, you know, if I go shopping, I'll be back in 20 minutes. Okay. Well, maybe... Drive time included? uh, Drive, climb, maybe, you know, 45 minutes. Nonetheless, you know, the point is, is that um, in marriage, this can be really problematic if it's not recognized and dealt with appropriately. So like in my case, for example, before phones, we used walkie-talkies. And I could always figure out, where are you? So I'm, I'm just... Now, she got annoyed when I got there, when I, I got, had to get some new ones. I got one that had a little beep. So every time you go to speak, it goes, beep. And she, right, she said some it was sort drawing, of indicator sound? Yeah, she said it was drawing attention to her. She didn't like it. Um, so you
0: are suggesting that people should know that men and women deal with things inherently differently?
1: Yes, and you should respect that. Because okay. this is not only this is not only well, we were just been talking about shopping but I mean this extends to every aspect of your life.
0: Sure. So we're talking about the Schaefer would call it the mannishness of men okay. and the womanish of women womanishness of, woman, of women of women. Um you know, there's a guy named Joel Salatine and he is a farmer really famous in that community and um he talks about that with like chickens and pigs and things like that talks about respecting the chickenness of the chicken and like the pigness of the pig. And if you don't, if you don't respect those things, it's, it's difficult. Um, now there we're talking about species versus gender, but I think the same thing is true here that there, we should respect the distinctions.
1: Yes. And the, and in the secular world, um, you know, it's it, at least in the last twenty years, there's been more of a recognition of that. For example, the book, you know, um, "Women Are From Venus, Men Are From Mars," you know, where it talks about those differences. But but what oftentimes happens inside of a marriage relationship is those uh, boundaries are not uh, understood and or appreciated.
0: So do you think that that goes before understanding – would you say that goes before understanding the individual, um, like, quirks of an individual, Uh, like, understanding their gender roles before that?
1: Yeah, yeah. I I personally – Or not
0: gender roles, but gender dispositions?
1: Yeah, no, personally I do. I believe that – first of all, most of – and we're going to explore this as we go forward with this – but. Most marriages that have relationships uh, difficulties have relationship difficulties because um, uh, because the men are lazy. And and men, you you need to um, you need to study and to understand what you married and the importance that she thinks differently than you do and on on a whole variety of issues and you need to be able to talk those things through so you first have to have an intellectual understanding which requires you to study but then you also need to in a practical way you need to talk some of those things through and or agree to approach something differently or agree uh, to uh, to allow uh, your spouse for example uh, that uh, significant difference And a lot of tension can be caused by not recognizing those differences.
0: Yeah, I think even without that, I mean, I do think it's good to study those things and to learn that there are differences and distinctions. But even without that, if you just go back to what Jesus says about treating others the way that you want to be treated, I think that that right there, you know... Nobody well, wants. To, nobody wants to be cut off. Nobody wants to have anything assumed about them. Nobody wants to have. You know what I mean?
1: Well, yeah, I, I do. But I mean, in, in for for the for the safety of your marriage relationship, there are just certain things which you know come about because of differences. I'll give you an example. When 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 I cook, um, and I'm, let's just say that most of you know I'm I'm good at it. So when I cook, um, I like to clean up my mess after I've sat down and I've eaten. So when I, when I eat food, I want to eat it when it's hot.
0: Okay, but this is not a woman-man difference.
1: I believe it is. Okay, Be- I don't know how you can believe that. Because, because most men are, are, um, are pigs uh, in how they cook take care of things. I don't think that that's and true most, and that's my observation.
0: Yeah, but you're sitting here talking about how when we were children nobody could, you know, mess up anything in the car. Women women aren't clean by nature and men are dirty by nature that's that falls into that like stereotype of oh no no sort no, of no, like
1: no no see now you the you, you're fat stupid to, husband no you're gonna to turn that on me josh it doesn't work no i way. just want you to be careful first, with your words okay but first of all let me point out to you that there is a rational reason why my car had to be kept clean
0: okay what i'm saying is the generalization isn't founded not in scripture men are not stupid and lazy and fat and cl- not clean
1: but they do have a different approach as to how they deal with
0: it. Look at the statistics on hoarders.
1: Well, the, the Most hoarders hoarder, are women, not men. Yes, and the hoarders generally um, can cross over men or women.
0: But this is the point I'm making. It's a, that's, that's a generalization.
1: Okay, you don't like that example.
0: I don't like it because it's not true.
1: Mm, I don't know that it's not true. My experience, it is. Okay, so the point is... As we close out this section, the point is, is that in regard to men differences and women differences, is that clearly women approach things differently than men do. Yes. And you need to find out in your marriage relationship, you need to find out how your spouse approaches things and, and respect that. that. That would be a fair statement. Definitely. You need to find out what their quirks are, what they like or don't like. And for those things which, are not, uh, which, are, which you feel, so you, in order to be successful in your marriage relationship, you have to learn how to be a negotiator. You have to actively participate in negotiation. And some things you're going to say, you're going to draw the line and say, no, not happening. And other things you might give leeway to and say, okay, well, you know... And, and that has to happen on both sides in order for there to be harmony in the relationship.
0: Okay, I'm going to make a retraction here. I found at least one site that says that hoarders are more prominently men than women. So it is possible that that's not unilateral in its findings. That being said... I still hold that you're wrong. <laughs> I, well, what I hold is it's unfounded. Okay. To make that claim, no, but a- it is, but it's not, is not unfounded to make the claim that men and women are physiologically different than each other, which has outworkings in our in the way we live our lives that are different, and we should, you know, pay attention to those, and in some cases, give honor to those.
1: I think that um, that as my child that um, you are driven to try to find uh, areas to say that I'm wrong.
0: I think that that's a dangerous assertion to make because then it undermines any bit of truth that I could say, in which case I don't know why I would even be on this show.
1: You're on this show because you add color.
0: (laughs) Oh, so it's a race thing. Not that, <laughs> not, that,
1: that, not that kind of color. Okay. You've got me. And we will end today's broadcast with that note.
0: Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Um Right. If you're if you're someone who's seeking answers or you want to know more about your faith, if you're new to Jesus Christ or the Bible, we want to help you. Check out the help tab at abfpdx.org. And remember that we are always open to questions. Pastor Monty's ready and waiting to deliver some sage advice and insight, so don't be shy. Um, Yeah, the Truth Time with Pastor Monty podcast is a resource of Aletheia Bible Fellowship of Portland, Oregon, and it's a webcast on the Vigilance Radio Network, a resource developed by Project Vigilance, ABS web portal, that provides helpful and interesting online resources for the church local and at large. If you want to be a part of the VRN and what we're doing here, know all about that. You can join Vigilance Radio Network's Facebook page to get access to all of our shows, including Culture and Sanity, including the weekly sermon, including Truth Time, and um, all of our limited channels. Shows and things like that in real time. Um, if you've enjoyed Truth Time, consider supporting us. Our networking shows are free to you, but they're not free to us. So head over to abfpdx.org and click the donate tab. Even a $1 a month would be put to good use for the gospel. And if you're poor like us, that's okay. You can still partner with us by remembering to like, subscribe, and share our podcast. You can always find it on ABF's YouTube page, Instagram and Facebook, and the VRN Facebook group. So take a second to visit the group page so that you can stay up to date whenever we share new content each week. And remember that content is shared on Tuesdays at 11 a.m., and we will see you then. I'm Pastor Josh, your engineer and senior pastor over at ABF, and this has been Pastor Monty. The views presented in this program are not meant to express the specific views of the Lafayette Bible Fellowship. You are listening to the Vigilance Radio Network.